Whenever I talk to someone who moved to San Diego, the perfect weather is often the first thing they mention. It's not the case for Aaron Bianco. It's so strange to me because so many people move to a San Diego because of, you know, it's 75 all the time and sunny. Like, I want to kill myself that it's 75 and sunny every single day. Like, can I just get a drop of rain? Welcome to My First Day. My name's Andrew Bracken. My First Day tells stories of those who've come to San Diego from elsewhere and now call it home. Being a native New Yorker carries a certain weight to it. It defines you in a lot of ways, your attitude, your pace, your lifestyle. For Antonio Aaron Bianco, growing up in an Italian-American household in the Bronx very much defined him, including his Catholic upbringing. Discovering his sexuality complicated things a bit along the way. But for a New Yorker, moving to bright and relaxed San Diego can take some getting used to. And the pull of New York may never truly fade. We'll be right back. Hey, 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 this is Parker Edison, host of the Parker Edison Project on KPBS. The cool thing about joining KPBS is you make one simple donation, and that money ripples into supporting everything else you see and hear on KPBS, including podcasts like this one you're listening to right now, making a place for fresh voices and perspectives to be heard. And that's music to my ears. Become a member today. Just go to kpbs.org, click that blue Give Now button, and donate what you can, all right? Thanks. Here's Aaron Bianco with his story of... My first day. My growing up in New York was good. I had great family life. We lived in a a section of the Bronx that was very Italian. My family's very... Culturally Catholic is what I always said. They sent us to Catholic school, but I don't know that I ever saw my dad go to church other than major holidays or funerals or weddings. Um, We weren't a pray it kind of home family, but, you know, being typical Italian, there were what we in New York called Mary on the half shell in the front yard. People laugh about it. It's a statue of Mary. And there's this thing behind her that looks like a shell. It looks like a shrine. So in New York, we call it Mary on the half shell. So we had one of those in our, like, it was just, there was something about being a New Yorker and Italian that I loved. But there was also, you know, it was not the greatest time in New York City. And so I was aware that there were areas that were horrible, and I could not go to them. Like, my family made that very clear. And I remember my brothers had gone to the Catholic high school that was very close to us. It was actually on the campus of Fordham University, and I decided I wanted to go to the Catholic high school in Manhattan. And my parents were very worried because I was going to have to take the subway every single day for that 45-minute ride or whatever it was. Um, And so I remember... You know, being told, you know, sit in this certain car and don't look at anyone. You know, if someone gets on that is acting, get off and get on the next. So I I remember all of that. But I also remember 
the excitement of being a kid in Manhattan when school would let out, and I never just got on that subway and got home. So it was this eye-opening kind of thing for me to be in the city and to kind of be on my own, if that makes sense. Aaron decided to go away for college, far away, to USC in Los Angeles. I truthfully did it because I wasn't open to my parents about being gay. And so I needed to get as far away as I could to be me. That's what it was. That's what it was in my head um, because I just I knew if I stayed in New York— That was going to be disastrous. (laughs) When I went home for Christmas break, I sat at the edge of my mom's bed. She was in bed, and I said to her, I have something to tell you, and I started to cry. And she sat up in the bed and said to me, what, you're gay? Was she joking or was she? No, she was serious, and it actually really ticked me off. (laughs) I was like, why would you think that? Um, But she said, I've known since you were probably five or six years old, but it was your, you had to be the one to say it. That was for you to do, and so I was never going to say it until you told me. I think when my mom said it, that was also me thinking, do my brothers know? Does everyone I talk to just look at me and think, oh, this guy's just lying about everything? We know he's gay. I think that's what it was. Um, but then there was also this huge relief that she had finally, like, it had come out, <laughs> to be very honest. Like, there was no going back now. Mom knew. Mom knew, but telling dad proved much more difficult, so much so that he asked his mom to tell him. It did not go well. I'll never forget, we got in his car. We were going to go to a diner. This was still Christmas break. And he said to me, I want you to know um, that I love you, but I will never accept that part of you. And I remember we stopped at a stoplight, and I gave him a few choice words and told him there's a lot of things about you that I'd rather not accept that I've had to. So, until you do, I have nothing to say to you, and I got out of his car. I ended up flying back to California, and about three months later, probably about March, um, my mom called me and said, your dad's on a flight out to California to see you. And I said, I don't want to see him, so he's wasting his time. And he came. I did see him. And he had had a change. And you know, I now when I look back at it, I get it. My parents were much older. My closest brother is 16 years older than me. My dad was an older Italian guy, very traditional. And it was just very hard for him. After studying theology in college, 
Aaron continued his schooling and debated whether to become a priest. Eventually, he settled into a relationship with another native New Yorker, who would later become his husband. They settled into life together in their native city. Our life, personal life, was great in New York. We owned a condo right at the beach in New York City. Another thing people don't know, there's beaches in New York City. Um, We had a great life. There were outside family members who were not very accepting and made it very, very difficult for my husband. And he kind of decided we need to get out of New York because I can't handle this any longer. When we come back, a couple of New Yorkers head west. Tears ran down his face at how horrible this was, and we were now stuck in San Diego. Hey, 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 this is Parker Edison, host of the Parker Edison Project on KPBS. The cool thing about joining KPBS is you make one simple donation, and that money ripples into supporting everything else you see and hear on KPBS, including podcasts like this one you're listening to right now, making a place for fresh voices and perspectives to be heard. And that's music to my ears. Become a member today. Just go to kpbs.org, click that blue Give Now button, and donate what you can. All right? Thanks. Thinking it was time to get away from New York, at least for a while, Aaron's husband, Joe, then a police officer in New York, ended up getting a job offer in San Diego, and they decided to make the move. So they packed up their condo in Queens, hopped in an RV with their cats, and headed west. It didn't take long after they arrived to notice the difference. I'll never forget one of the first days we went, I think it was maybe the next morning, and we, Joe and I woke up and we had a tradition on Fridays that I would go and get a, we would get bagels, and I would get, in New York, you just know it as a bacon, egg, and cheese. Right? It's simple. It's not a big deal. And I looked up, where could I get a bagel? And so I went there, and Joe says, well, I don't want bacon, egg, and cheese. I want sausage, egg, and cheese. I said, okay. So I get there, and I see they don't, on the menu, there's no bacon, egg, and cheese. But it says there's turkey, sausage, egg, and cheese. And I'm thinking, oh, that is so strange. So I asked for the bait, and they're like, oh, sorry, we don't have that. So I get Joe the turkey, egg, and cheese. I get a bagel, and I head back. And I will never forget, I handed it to Joe, and he took a bite of it, and I, he's going, he will deny this. Tears ran down his face at how horrible this was, and we were now stuck in San Diego. It's like the simple things in life that we were just so used to, it was just so different. The differences didn't end with food. Just a few days after arriving, Aaron went to his first Catholic church service in San Diego. That day, the priest did a homily encouraging congregants to vote yes on Prop 8, a California state proposition that sought to ban same-sex marriage. Me being the New Yorker I am, I could not keep quiet. So I started to shout out at him 
from the back of the church that he was wrong and how ignorant he was. And I was forcibly removed by two big Italian men (laughs) from the back of the church. And that's how I started off my kind of career here in San Diego. So there was this very quick on, uh uh-oh, am I going to find a job in San Diego? Like, are they going to hire a gay guy who may have the theology degrees, is partnered? Like, is this going to even happen? Aaron did find work in his field, leading to teaching at the University of San Diego and helping run a local parish. Settling into a new life in San Diego, though, proved challenging. Those first few days of being in San Diego, I remember there were points (laughs) because with the NYPD, he had taken a leave that would go six months. And there were quite a few times, especially in that first month and a half, that we seriously sat down and said to ourselves, we still have our condo in Queens. Like, somehow we'll get the renter out. You go back to the NYPD because I don't know if we can make it without bagels and boar's head. very slow. Everything is slow. And so that was another shocker. We were somewhere the other day or some maybe a month or so ago with some other people. Where were we? I don't even remember where it was, but I remember <laughs> the other couple we were with, they were like, is there a reason we're running? And to Joe and I, We were not running. We were getting to where we had to. And they literally were like, are we late? Why are we running? Something that still, and I know it's going to be the death of me, so I need to control myself. If you are sitting at a red light in San Diego and the light turns green and the car in front of you does not move, San Diegans sit there because they don't want to be rude and don't do anything. Me, the New Yorker, is sitting behind them with my hand on my horn, screaming out my window that does not, people not have anywhere to get to. So that still to this day is very hard on me trying to say to myself, you're not in New York. Like, this is how they are here. And you've got to try to adapt to them. You know, there were other things, though, that I don't think we thought of that, you know, fairly quickly, you know, we enjoyed. You know, we have kind of fallen in love with Coronado. We just love it. We love to be down there. We love the beaches there. We love just to walk around. So those were pleasant surprises with stuff that we had really, I mean, that was never on our radar. In his job at the local parish, Aaron became the target of harassment and threats due to his being gay. Despite feeling supported by local church leaders as well as the parish community at large, the harassment grew too much to bear, 
and Aaron resigned. It's been a it's been a roller coaster, but it's also been great. And you know, I always love to say that, you know, they came after me basically saying, you know, that I was this heretic and how liberal I was and that I should not be, you know, in Catholic parishes or anything. And the funny thing is none of these people ever met me. And if they ever actually sat down and have a, had a conversation with me, other than me being gay, I'm probably a lot like them. But because they, could, they never wanted that conversation, they really never got to know what I actually feel about the church and what I actually teach. Despite all the experiences he's had in his adopted home, through it all, New York never really seems far from Aaron's mind. I love our physical home here where we live. Like, I love my house. I love being in my house. Again, I love these friends that have become family. I love teaching at USD. I love my students. But with all of that said, if tomorrow I was given the opportunity to go back home, I would go in a second. There is a part of me even talking about it to you that I can feel it in the pit of my stomach how much I miss home. Thanks for listening. My First Day is produced by me, Andrew Bracken, along with help from Melissa Diaz and Azucena Garcia. Music by Jason Began, along with Graham Barton and Lullatone. Theme music by Chris Curtis. Our email is myfirstdaystories at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at myfirstdaystories. For KPBS, Emily Jankowski is technical director. Kinsey Moreland is podcast coordinator. Lisa Jane Morissette is operations manager. And John Decker is director of programming. This program is made possible in part by the KPBS Explore Local Content Fund. Thank you for listening. See you next time.